to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. In cell groups yesterday, you began a teaching. Now, if you're not in a cell group, then it is one of perhaps four reasons. The obvious one being that you've not completed our membership agreements as a church, and perhaps you're not yet a member. The second one could be that you're one of those people who when we add you exit. Like the moment you're being added, you're already pressing exit. The third reason could be that you have uh, stagnated in our church processes. We start with orientation, we move to foundation class, then you're added to a cell group. So there's a very high chance that somewhere along the way you decided this is enough for me. And so the fourth reason could be that you've been faithful in the church processes, it's just that you've not yet reached cell group level. For those who are in that will be able to tell because I just have to give an instruction, but discipleship and orientation find a way for the prep snots to reach those who are in the system but have not yet reached cell group. If all this is Greek to you, if all this is Greek to you, at the end of service, go to the information desk and mention that you would like to join COL. We've got a team that will train you on what all this stuff is. But we started a teaching called preps. So if you don't take your cell group seriously, you'll be amazed because there are some things I'll never say here. Instead, I'll prepare the notes and give the cells. And I think yesterday we did pray, right? P-R-E. We did P, which stands for prayer. R, which stands for reflection. And E, which stands for envision. And if you want to know what P and S are, the other ones, join your meetings. Now today, um, I found this topic so significant that I decided I'll do it as well. So we are in the cell groups doing the preps formula, which is our system for preparing for the new year. And I'll be touching on one or two things in church. So today we're looking at P, which is prayer. Now, If you don't like praying, you have to learn to like it. Because there will never be a time when a believer doesn't need to pray. Not on earth. I mean, Jesus is in heaven and he still makes intercession over us. Even after saying it is finished. 
Interestingly, it shows you that prayer is a vehicle through which the finished works of, of the Lord Jesus are distributed and transported. Somebody say glory. glory. Then say pray. pray. Do we have prayer warriors in the house? <laughs> Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and ask, are you a prayer warrior? Okay. Now, today I just want to highlight a few things you must understand about prayer. If they're going to do it effectively. Anything that is not understood well will either be underused or abused. Somebody say prayer. prayer. Say I'm a prayer warrior. So when it comes to prayer, <laughs> you can't mess with me. Praise God. Say it again, prayer. A few things I want us to understand about prayer. It's a very dynamic topic. I think we have a whole, uh, not a unit, a whole component of a unit on it in establishment class, right? It should be unit three, right? Where we have prayer, then we have the believer's authority. Welcome to COL. Here we have classes. So you think all those courses we study, we do them for what? So we can come make your life a bit more complicated. Praise God. Okay. Now let's use the word organized. So now, a few things you must understand about prayer is, number one, it is one of the keys. It is one of the keys that God has given us, the kingdom of God. It's one of the keys. Now if you want to understand the topic of keys, you would have to read Matthew 16. You'd have to read Matthew 16. Now, in Matthew 16, Jesus makes a very interesting statement to the church. He says, and I want us to read verse 19. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He says, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, if today I'm to get my keys, and, my, I, I, and you find nowadays people's keys have got like combinations, like there's a key to the fridge, there's a key to the... That one is important, right? Some people lock the fridge and move with the keys. We are those in boarding houses and, and, and such things. So you find there's a key to the fridge, there's a key to the car, there's a key to the house, there's a key to this. So if I gave you my set of keys today, if today I gave you my set of keys, then it means I've given you access. It means that you can open, you can close. With my office, there are very few people who've got access to the keys. Those with access to the keys can open and can close. I can come and find them having a cup of tea. You can find some of them even have cups of tea without me knowing. Reason being, they've got the keys, they've got access. And then Jesus tells us that I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. My friend, you know what that means? It means anytime you need access, you get the key. 
you open. Hi, heaven. No, I just came for a few goodies here and here. And then one of the keys he's given is prayer. Let me show you. Look at John 16, verse 24. John 16, verse 24. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So one of the keys he has given is prayer. So you must approach prayer knowing it's one of the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Are you aware that the person who asks is more important than the question that is asked? And it starts all the way from babyhood level. I'll give you an example. If my wife and I have gone somewhere and there are so many babies crying, we feel bad for them. But all the best to their parents. What is it to us? What that other baby is crying about? I don't know if you're getting my point. As in, I'm not going to go start changing somebody else's diaper. The Lord be with them and strengthen them. However, if that little one even does the yeah, we, that, as in, they've got the right to say, I'm uncomfortable. Stand up. Why? Because they've got, they've got, because of who they are, they have the right to demand things that other people cannot demand. I don't know if you're getting my point. And I can, I can go through example after example. There are people who can ask me for favors that other people cannot ask me for. There are certain friends who can call and say, Oi, I'm not even joking. I, I remember I received a call the other week. Uh, a certain friend of mine needed to make a transaction, but he didn't have money in his uh, bank account. He had money somewhere else. He didn't have money in his card. And it was an online transaction. And it was a Black Friday promotion. So he needed, it, he needed to buy it immediately. So I remember receiving a call. And he calls me and says, No. I was just thinking you can stand with me in prayer that I find somebody who's got a bank card like yours who can make the transaction for me. <laughs> and then <laughs> I'll send the money through Airtel. <laughs> so I, I did the transaction and then I called back and I said, I was just hoping you can stand with me in prayer that the person who's supposed to send me money via Airtel will send it. <laughs> No, don't worry, the money came. But what I'm trying to say is that, and then a random person, you think a random person can just call me and say, make a bank transaction for, what? <laughs> Rule number 101. <laughs> you guys want me to tell you the secret to that? Are you sure you want to learn? Here's the secret to not, this is my personal one, to not giving away money easily. When a person calls me, I tell them to text. It's easier to analyze through text. <laughs> and through text, I can't be emotionally blackmailed. So I, I tell them to text. Then I can sit and analyze. So, okay. Do I go ahead? Do I not? It's also easier to say no. 
The Bible is very clear. Let your yes be a yes and your no be a no. So God expects you that there are moments you'll have to say no. Anyways, I hope I've not given away a secret. Yeah. So one of the keys is that, and I think I was explaining how the person who asks is more important than the question that is asked. Okay. So now, we are taught to pray in the name of Jesus. Name, name means being. When you understand that, you'll be very careful how you name a person. You'll also be very careful what nicknames you give yourself. You'll also be very careful what names you allow your friends to call you. Ah, chupuwa uribuanji. Me. That's the way we play, you know. No, you don't play like that. Those are things that are too big. Somebody say glory to God. So now, when Jesus says that you will ask in my name, it means that when I get on my knees and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, it is as good as Jesus himself saying, Father, hi. And so that's why prayer is something that cannot be ignored. So number one, say prayer is a key in the kingdom of heaven. You can write that down. Number two, the second thing I would want everyone to understand about prayer before they actually pray is how many of you have ever heard of this word altar? Altar. An altar. I would want you to understand that a prayer altar is very vital. And having even just a simple understanding of it can change your life. An altar physically was like a raised area where sacrifices and offerings were given. And so an altar is a place of transaction. Listen to me. In the Old Testament, of course with the priest helping me, I would go to the altar with my sheep. I would lay hands on that sheep. And when I laid hands on it, my sins were transferred to that sheep. That sheep would then be put on an altar. And then on that altar, that sheep would be slaughtered. And when it was slaughtered, my sins were slaughtered. And very often we'd see God responding by sending his glory. His glory would respond to the sacrifice and the offering on the altar. Notice how the cross was an altar. Except this time, instead of all of us taking sheep, it was the Lamb of God. And the Lamb of God took away the sin of man once and forever. Now, I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that all of us, and I'm going to say it in two ways, all of us 
have an altar. All of us have an altar. All of us have an altar. Ask your neighbor, how's your prayer altar doing? All of us have an altar. You know, um, I would hear people teach on your prayer closet. So, because my mind is very imaginative, when I was young, I thought it meant you had to pray in the closet. So now, my closet wasn't big enough. So I used to think I was not so prayerful because I couldn't enter the closet. So No, I'm, I'm very serious. I literally thought you had to enter a closet to pray. And so I used to think, when I would hear, and you know, you know when Pentecostals are testifying. So I was just in my prayer closet. I was like, eh, these are people. They can even stand being in a small closet just to pray to God. And then later on, I got to learn that when Jesus was saying, go to your closet, he was really talking about, you know, that prayer shower, right? In short, you cover yourself, you hide yourself. It was really a cloth, really. And you hide yourself and pray. It was, it's like an, you're enclosed from everybody else. And he says, go to your, there's a personalization about it. Now, an interesting thing that I want us to realize is one of the differences between an altar in the Old Testament and an altar in the New. I will show you one altar in the Old. Genesis 28, verse 12. Otherwise, you can find somebody has like... You can find I'll visit someone's home tomorrow and I'll find four stones. Apostle, be careful when you're walking there. Johnny, that is my order. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with having a spot where you pray. But what happens the day you're not there? What happens when you've flown out for a business trip? <laughs> I don't know if you're getting my point. What if there's another way? I think, what if there's a more efficient way? I don't know if somebody's getting my point. <laughs> okay, let's look at it. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder. Now, Joseph was lying, this was Jacob, right? And he slept in between a rock and a hard place that day. And then when, when that happened, the Bible says he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth. And its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Now you can clearly tell that was an altar. Reason being, no matter how many skyscrapers you build, you won't find yourself in heaven. So clearly, <laughs> along the way, something became spiritual. And let's continue. No, just go back. Now I want you to notice that the angels of God were ascending and descending on that ladder. Next verse. Keep that in mind. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Next verse. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west, the east, the north, and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Next verse. Behold, I'm with you. Okay, let's go to the next verse. 
Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And what did he do? Next verse. And, no, go back. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And it is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. Uh -huh. And he called the name of the place Bethel. But the name of that city had been loose previously. So he made it an altar because he recognized that there was a gate. Now remember there were angels descending and ascending on a ladder. Right? Let's look at something from the New Testament. Jesus makes a statement in the New Testament in John 1 verse 50. He says something interesting. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? Jesus had just given an accurate word. Is it to Nathaniel? Yeah. And he says, Because I said to you, I saw you under a fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. Uh-huh. Next verse. And he said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter, you will see heaven open and the angels of God, notice that, descending, ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Hold on. I don't know if somebody has already picked it up. In Genesis, they were using a ladder to descend and ascend. In the New Testament, they are using a person. He's saying, look, <laughs> you're going to see the angels descending and ascending on the Son of Man. That shows you something, that the biggest altar is you. Listen, <laughs> the biggest altar is you. you. No wonder the Bible says you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Spiritual transactions take place. Spiritual transactions take place. Why is that important? Because there are days you would need that. There are places you go to where they've already set up, I don't know how many altars. Some of you don't know some of the things that take place at your workplace or that take place at your school. You don't know who's set up a kawat, a kawat. But for you, you are a moving altar. <laughs> you are a moving one. <laughs> and you know what happens? Ask Dagon what happens when, when, when the Lord enters a temple. Even if the temple was not his in the first place, wherever the Lord goes, that's it. It's his. So you must understand that you're an altar. You're a place of transaction. At an altar, there is divine exchange. And the biggest exchange that's there on this altar is that you exchange yourself for him. You exchange your weakness for his strength. You exchange your weariness for his burden which is light. He says, come to me. Take my yoke upon you. So you're an altar. You're a place of exchange. And that's why my question is, the fire on your altar, is it burning? And whose responsibility was it to keep the altar burning? It was not God. It was the priest. Do you have a prayer life? Are you praying? There are times, who's ever had moments where you're not praying because you've got a prayer point, you're praying because you need to pray. You're praying because you have to keep the fire burning. Praise God. 
Never let it die. Never let it go down. The fire must keep burning. And that's why we must enter a new year praying. That's why if your aim is to enter a new year partying, come on, guys. Come on. No, can you imagine what people do to themselves? Entering a new season, drunk. Ladies and gentlemen, if that was you before, that should never be you again. Somebody say glory to God. Can you imagine somebody entering a new season, indulging in sexual immorality? What do you think they are doing to their altar? Maybe one of these days I'll do a teaching on altars. You'll be um, the day I do a teaching on that. There are certain things you'll take a bit seriously. One of the things you'll take very seriously is your body. You'll understand why the Bible says if somebody does this, they sin against their own flesh. Like it's it's different from other things. Like with this one in particular, they are messing with themselves as well. And you understand why Paul could say, shall I then take Christ and unite him with a prostitute? Because for a believer, I'm not talking about for an unbeliever, but for a believer, every time sexual immorality happens, it's an embarrassment to Christ. Because Christ only unites with his bride. So it's an embarrassment to Christ. That's why he said, shall I then take Christ? And you know another thing that it does? I'll tell you another thing that it does for a believer. For a believer, what it does is it reduces the chances of another person being born again. Because their biggest example of a Christian, whose statuses they see, whose teachings they hear, is just helping them go to hell as well. So, why am I speaking this strongly? Because then after P, there is error, right? There is reflection. If there are areas you need to sort out, sort them out. If you need help, come, we help you. Now, I've not said this so that you spend the rest of your life thinking, yes, yeah, so that person will. They also have, God will send them preachers and all that kind of stuff. But I think where you had an opportunity to be a blessing in somebody's life and you're not, it should bother you. That will help you with the next person. Somebody say glory to God. No, say it one more time. When you understand that your body is an altar, you realize it must be kept holy. It must be kept blameless. And he that is able to keep your spirit, soul, and body preserved until the coming of our Lord Jesus. That's what the scripture says. Oh God. So understand that prayer is an altar. It's an altar. Don't keep, don't put out the fire. The moment you put out the fire, the transactions start reducing. Before you know it, you're not hearing God the way you used to. Before you know it, you're comfortable with things that would have made you uncomfortable in the past. Always be, be like, take time to think about it as a believer. When you're comfortable with conversations that beforehand would bother you. In the name of being realistic. 
then there could be something messing around with your altar. Praise God. Are you aware that there are certain things you do just for the sake of the God you serve? I'll give you an example. If a person is married, or if they're in a relationship, do you know that the day a person says yes to a relationship, it means that, I'll use a relationship for starters, it means that from that day, certain things which were okay are no longer okay, even if they are not wrong. Let me give you an example. The day this gentleman says, uh, this gentleman pursues this lady, and this lady says yes, and the way this gentleman used to live his life is that every day at 23, he would say bye to all 25 of his female friends, including two who are best friends. And there was nothing sinful. He had pure motives. He was not trying to do anything wrong. His motives are pure completely. But the day he says yes, or should I say the day that lady says yes, he, somehow, even what was not sinful becomes a problem. Because it becomes... Listen, and the reason it becomes a problem is not even because he's got unpure motives, but it's because it's unhealthy for this relationship he has. And relationships are subordinate one to another. You have to pick one above others. It's a fact. That's how relationships work. The day you realize that, you, I think you'll have a better time. So what I'm trying to say is that even with our relationship with God, there are certain things we do just for the sake of preserving our prayer life. I remember when I was younger, and I had started praying every time at midnight. And then uh, I started watching a series called, I think it was 24. Who was in 24? Is it Jack Bauer? Yeah. And then I noticed it started entering my prayer time. I didn't have the discipline. Like, I would start watching, and then, you know, especially when you get the whole series, I wanted to know what happened next and what happened next. Before I knew it, I've started at 24.13. Next thing, 24.31. Next thing, 24.37. And before you know it, you're tired. And then the other thing that said happening is, I would enter prayer, and I would lift my hands. Father in heaven, and in my head, I'm hearing, tum, 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 tum. Those who've watched the show, you know what I'm talking about. Ah, guys, I stopped. I'm serious. I said, Lord, me, I'm not strong enough. I ended, I ended on that same season. I never watched a single episode again. Now, I'm not saying a person should never watch something. But I, I mean, in that moment, the issue was my prayer life was suffering. It was suffering. Some of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah? Well, when you want to pray, you're just hearing the, the, the music for that episode. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. Number three, and we're almost done. Understand that the God you're praying to is God the giver. <laughs> James 1 verse 17. This one came to me as a thought the other day. So James 1 verse 17. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He is God the giver. Praise God. Ladies and gentlemen, 
amongst the most expensive assets that my little girl owns, chances are high that the majority have come from the parents. Interesting, the second most expensive one has come from the grandparents. These, and what am I trying to say? The biggest things that will ever be given to us will be by God. He's the giver. Listen, I was thinking about it the other day. Think of any very wealthy person in this world. I say, who's my favorite? Who's that guy who likes aliens? Elon Musk, right? Is it? Uh, yeah. I think he's the one who likes aliens. If today, the adventure, I got a text from Elon Musk, and he says, I would like to give you something. And we met, and he gave me like a five pin. Ah! <laughs> I think there's a part of me that would say, that's all. <laughs> As in, come on, you're Elon Musk. Anybody else can give me a five pin. I'll, 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 with tears, I'll say, thank you. But Elon Musk, you want to give me like a five pin? <laughs> At least if you tell me five pin per week or per day. Praise God. Maybe I've even gone far. I, I don't know if somebody is getting my point. How much more? <laughs> I asked myself that question this week. That if I met one of these guys and they gave me like a five pin, I'd be irritated. I think Masetinaya. What car will I buy in five pin? One time, um, we were having a WEM conference, and there were these guys in grade 12, I think Rudo and her friends, and they gave towards the conference, they put money together, and I think they gave 2,100 kwacha, I think. And we were so amazed, we were blessed, because they were in grade 12. I don't know if you're getting my point. Meaning, your perspective of someone will also show in what you think they can give you and what you think they can't give you. Now, if my perspective of God is growing, do you think I'll ask for the things I used to ask for five, ten years ago? My friend, when you're going before God, please, as you're entering the new year, don't ask him for small things that will just manage the situation. No, 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 no. Some of us here have had enough preservation, and we thank God for it. Now you need to enter wholeness. I don't know if you're getting my point. There are some who've had healing. Now you need to enter wholeness. Some who've had the God who can supply when you need supper. Now you need the God who can cause you to supply supper for a thousand families. You're not talking to a small God. We're talking to a big, big, big God. Praise God. Why do you think when we're praising, we're always, show me the size of your God. And, and for me, I almost fall down with the way I do that one. Because I know the things I ask him for. Praise God. My friend, I've come here with a message to you that your requests have been too small. Praise God. 
Lord, take your seats. Take your seats. Now, the thing about your asking is that it must be in proportion to your faith. Friends, you must understand that God has no challenges giving you what you need to be given. Romans 8 verse 32 says something. It says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up, delivered him up for us all, how shall he not along with him also freely give us all things? In short, the gift that would have been the hardest to give, he gave it. <laughs> Let me put it again. The gift that would have been hardest for God to give, he gave it. Imagine if today you are giving somebody, somebody needed 10,000 for them to clear something, and you gave it to them, and when they reach, they are told, you are short by two quarter. I don't think you would struggle to remove the two quarter, <laughs> because you already removed the $10,000. Praise God. <laughs> Haven't you noticed that there are certain amounts of money that are no longer difficult for you to give? Make sure that's not the amount you are putting on partnership. Then it, it stopped being a sacrifice. It's now just, it's just one of those things. No, make sure a partnership Sunday is not the one where you just remove anything that you can just remove from your wallet. You know, just, you're moving around money. Uh -uh, don't do that. You know, there's that money for just moving around. Don't, don't do that. If God has increased you, let your offering increase. Praise God. <laughs> But what I'm saying is God already gave the best gift. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave Jesus. What can he fail to give you? And I'm not just talking about spiritual things. Are you telling me God can fail to give you that Ferrari that you want? Maybe your, maybe your faith is not enough for that one. Or maybe you believe that's not the area God wants to bless people in. When he gives you, give it to me. Praise God. <laughs> Every year you are too humble. <laughs> you see the way I will be driving slowly in Osaka. I will start a healing campaign all of a sudden. No, I just want to come visit everyone and just minister to the sick. <laughs> and every time I'm walking, yeah, these my kids, the way they like falling. <laughs> My friend, let's ask him for big things. He says, ask for the nations. Praise God. And I'll tell you something. If you had to ask me, that one of the worst things about being an adult is that one of the battles I've had to fight about being an adult is I noticed that the more I grew in age, the temptation to ask God for smaller things increases. Because reality kicks. So your prayers switch from, oh God, give me the nations. The Lord, if only, even just, somehow, if you can just, who's observed that? But you'll find the day you were just born again, your prayer point was, Lord, give me Brazil. I don't know if you're getting my point. Let's get back to those prayer points. I don't know if somebody's hearing me.
I will be their God. They will be my people. You need to come to such a level of the blessing that people will ask you, who's your supplier? And you tell them, there is somebody who made a promise to me. He said, I will be their God. Praise God. Okay, Let, let's finalize. Let's finalize. Ladies and gentlemen, because of all these things about prayer, I want us to learn to approach God with boldness. Okay? Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And 1 John 5.14, we'll read it together. 1 John 5 verse 14 to 15, I want us to read it at the same time. One, two, three, go. Next verse. Okay, so you are reading to familiarize with the words. Now read one more time with power. Verse 14. Let's go. Now, this is the confidence that Frederick has in him. That if I ask anything according to his will, he hears me. And if I know that he hears me, whatever I ask, then I know that I have the petitions that I have asked of him. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must come believing that he is, and that he is the rewarder of they that diligently seek him. So let me give you an example. I would say, Father in heaven, I come before you knowing you're already in 2022. And I believe that you're the God who wants me to have good things in 2022? I believe that you already set that year apart for my glory. And that you separated wisdom that I needed for my glory. You separated the resources, the personnel, the interactions, the divine help, the human help, and everything that I need for my glory. I approach you with confidence. I approach you with boldness. Knowing you've got times and seasons in your hands. Knowing that nothing catches you by surprise. Knowing that you've seen it all already. And you've prepared a path for me. You've prepared a way for me. You've, you've straightened the crooked paths. I approach you with that boldness. I think you can tell that it's time to pray right now. Kalabasata kalabakasir. Father, in the name of Jesus, I approach you with confidence. I approach you with boldness. I approach you knowing that you are the big God. There is enough space if you need to go in a corner. But let's take five minutes to pray. I approach you knowing you are the big God. What can you fail to do? What can you not manage to do? What can you fail to give me? Shabarabaka Sata Kalabaha, Parabasanta Kalabaka Sata Kalabaha, Rabashi, Shabarabaka Labaka Sada, Rabashi, 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 Rabashi,
What can you fail to give COL? What can you fail to give COL? connection with with the Dutch there's a connection with the Dutch like the Dutch being the people from Netherlands and the connection is I'm, I'm not sure whether um, it will be an actual Dutch person or someone from that ancestry but it's like somebody God has set apart and there'll be this divine connection that will come about that will bring a lot of testimony and this is happening by February. Someone who's just received the word. Father. Just say those words. Say Father. Or you can call him Dad or Daddy or whatever you call him. Just, just, just call out to him. And tell him you trust him. Tell him your life is in his hands. And just submit your next year to him. Father, Dad, Daddy, thank you, thank you. Let us 
just go to the grace. Even as I speak this blessing over you, you are blessed in Jesus' name. All is well with you in the name of Jesus. You end the year strong in the name of Jesus. We squeeze out everything the year of multiplication still has for you in the name of Jesus. Even as I declare that you will start well in Jesus' name. Let's say the grace together. The amazing grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we will dwell in the house of the Lord. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.